Truck Month is on now. Get 1.49% financing for up to 72 months on a 2022 Chevrolet Silverado 1500. Plus, eligible Costco members can receive a $750 bonus on select trucks. Conditions apply. Visit ChevroletOffers.ca. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Canadive CBD, a great-tasting superior alternative to traditional dip using CBD in a way that is radical, enjoyable, and effective. All flavor, no tobacco, and no nicotine pouches are spit-free. It comes in five core flavors, wintergreen, mint, citrus, mango, and American spice. It's crafted and manufactured in California, the heart of the cannabis industry. You can find the link to get 20% off in the description of this show. The Pescom Report is sponsored by High End Happy Catering out of Springfield, Massachusetts. Their chef, Michael Best, can cook anything you want with or without being infused with cannabis. Check out some of what they make on their Instagram at High and Happy Catering or call them at 413-785-8999. You'll be happy you did. to the Pesky Report, a podcast for Red Sox fans. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 139 of the Pesky Report, presented by Belly Up Sports Media. My name is Brandon Brewer, and joining me tonight, I have... A wonderful panel of handsome gentlemen. Uh, I've got in the top right corner, the Zach Bill joining me. Uh, we'll get into our relationship with him a little bit later. And then below, you know, those two sexy studs. We've got the Iowa Enigma Hogdale and Mr. Ed Hand. Fellas, what is going on tonight? You know, not much. Uh, having a pretty good time. Always good to have someone who has two first names on the podcast. Uh, that's how you know we're official. Uh, gotta love that. That's it. So, That's it, it made my day better when I saw that. Uh, salutations, gentlemen. Um, you know, went to I've, I've been to three of the last four AAA games. Went with my dad today. Went to uh, Bark in the Park yesterday uh, with my dogs. We got uh, interviewed by Nesson, which was kind of random and neat. Um, they kept showing Penny on the big screen, uh, which was very exciting. Uh, yeah, no, I'm good. That's awesome. You have one of the most famous dogs in Worcester, Massachusetts. That's that's incredible. <laughs> uh, and Zach, what's up, man? How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Glad to be here. Thanks for uh, thanks for sending the invite. For sure. Uh, for those that don't know, Zach and I used to do a show together for about three years. Uh, and Zach is a, a big time St. Louis Cardinals fan. He lives in St. Louis and he is all about Cardinals baseball. So we figured with the Red Sox actually winning the series against the Cardinals. What better time than to bring him on to the Pesky Report so that we can kind of rub his face in it a little bit. Um, if the Red Sox had lost this series, there's no chance that he would have been on this show today. So there's that. Now, uh, we, we actually invited Zach well before the series even started because we wanted to have him on here and get some of his Cardinals insight onto the episode. And, um, before we get into recapping the series or anything like that, I do want to welcome Hogdale back. He just got back from his very first trip to Fenway Park. And uh, do you have any great stories from your Boston trip that you want to enlighten us with there, Hogdale? Oh, uh, I mean, it was a lot of fun. And, like, you know, the, Fenway's amazing, everything I expected it to be. I mean, only in Boston, like, can you have, like, a Wednesday game against the A's? The park's still rocking. And just, I had some really hilarious dudes in my section who are uh, starting up some great chants. You know, got some fuck you Yankees, got some Yankees suck. That was cool. 
it was nice to be able to partake. It felt like my my real baptism as compared to the baptism I had when I was a child, which is a fraudulent one compared to this one. <laughs> so, you know, I got got to deal with that. Uh, also, like, the funniest one was, like, uh, who allowed the home run? I think it was... Uh, Deekman. Yeah, it was Deekman. He allowed the home run, and, like, immediately they just started chanting, warm up, Hulk, and I was fucking crying, <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Hulk's so been on a were... on a tear lately too, so that's been that's been nice to see. Glad you got to see uh, a good game out there. Uh, so, ten out of ten would go back. Is that? Oh is yeah, that what I'm going I'm back next year. It's gonna be uh, fucking sick. I got to meet Brad in person for the first time. That was awesome. The low light of your trip, I'm sure. <laughs> wow. Just, just kidding. Just is he kidding. shorter than you imagined? No, he let me know beforehand very clearly <laughs> how short he was. So, you know, there was no, uh, no. there's no surprise in it at all. Yeah, this you know, isn't uh, this isn't a Tinder date where like six two is actually five five. I think that you're just kind of like, yeah, dude, like I'm, you're gonna tower. I, I mean, Hobdale, you're like, are you tall enough to the point that everybody under five ten just kind of looks like a dwarf to you? Yes, yeah, hundred percent. Dude, my um my stepsister is five foot six and she literally looks like mini me, like from Austin Powers to me. I'm like, I literally have to like look down. It's insane. Does that mean that she looks kind of like you know, like if you were wearing a wig, that's what uh that's what girl hogdale looks like? <laughs> no, it's not. That'd be my mom. My my I look Aww. exactly like my mom. Oh yeah. So yeah, I gotta meet Brad. I gotta meet uh uh Red Sox France. He's great, super nice guy. Because he happened to be there as well. Uh, I got a, a jersey, like my first Red Sox uh, jersey ever, actually, like an official one. I got it here somewhere. Uh, I got ripped off because I bought it outside the ballpark, so it was one hundred eighty-five dollars, but it was worth it. <laughs> oh damn! Yep. The only the one that had my size was blank, so it's a little bit tragic. But we move. You can get Hogdale, like, patched onto the back. Just get Hogdale written on it. Yeah, exactly. I just get stitched on somewhere else. <laughs> it's sick. Uh, I had a fucking super fun trip. Uh, went to the beach. Uh, uh, wasn't expecting that many rocks on the beach. My feet got completely fucked up. <laughs> so that wasn't cool. Was, was this your first time ever going to a beach? Or is it just the first time? No, I've gone to a beach in beach. Florida when I was, like, okay. eight or nine. And that was, that was much more pleasant because the rocks weren't. <laughs> Uh, viciously attacking me. Yeah, there's there is a big difference between like a New England beach and then other beaches. So yeah. Yeah. I didn't want seals. you to completely be uh, turned off to beaches. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, the, the 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 New England beach, the water is really not the main appeal of them. Uh, nor is the sand because there's so many rocks most of the time. Oh my god, dude! There's so many fucking rocks. I put my shoes on just so I could tolerate it. Wow, see that was fucking uh, sick. I mean. Amazing time. Yeah. And got to see a Red Sox dub. So, uh, you know, it was I think a perfect it's a, game to I think go it's to. Safe to say that the uh, the pesky report curse at Fenway Park has been shattered. Like, it so, is not us anymore. That thing is like, it's it's never applied to me. The Sox are 5 0 when I go to a, a game. Oh, shit. Yeah. They've never lost when I've gone to see a game. <laughs> so, so, wait, we need where to have get you seen the play? More games. Where have you seen them play play at a Fenway? I've seen them in both Chicago stadiums. I've been to Wrigley. I went to the White Sox one last year. Uh, I've seen them in Kansas City. Uh, They beat the fucking Royals. That was sick. Uh, Target Field as well. And now Fenway. The Midwest is wild. Yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah, for for those that don't know, uh, Hogdale is from Iowa, so he's kind of in the middle of all those states that he was t- just talking. You know, I never about. mention it. You know, I mean, I'm really <laughs> quiet about where I'm from. From yeah, you know, no state pride whatsoever. Especially when Waka pitches. No, yeah, I mean, I never mentioned that he may or may not be from the state of Iowa. You know, so let me pre- let me ask you one more thing, Hogdale, because there's only uh, so often you get somebody who like has followed something for a while and then they actually get to go there in like their early twenties. What surprised you the most about Fenway that like compared to your expectations? Uh, Oh, the Fenway Frank was mid. That was the most mid hot dog I've ever eaten. It's so <laughs> tragic. I, this hot dog has been gassed up my entire lifetime. And Brad bought me, brought me it, you know, first off they have this organic hippie ketchup which uh, I didn't appreciate. It's got no sugar in it, and it looks like it. It literally looks like salsa that you put on your fucking hot dog, and I was like, okay, I, I'm already disgusted before I even take a bite. So 
<laughs> I eat this hot dog with this mid as fuck ketchup. And I'm like, man, this is this is your king. This is who you've been gassing up. Hogdale, oh, did you just accidentally put cocktail sauce on it? No, it was That's ketchup. What it sounds like, it right? <laughs> That's what it sounds like, cocktail sauce. Imagine. No, it was ketchup. I read the thing. I double-checked it, did a double-take. I saw other people with the weird ketchup, you know, with their chicken tenders. I'm like, man, like, what is this? Who is this They're chicken tenders where you get two tenders and a a small handful of fries for $13? Yeah. Uh, Gotta love eating at the ballpark. Yep. Had a nice hot dog. It was was nice. I mean, it was still a hot dog. So even a mid-hot dog is a good hot dog. There you go. Well, overall, I'm glad that you had an enjoyable trip. I am glad that oh, you are back. Also, uh, whoever designed the outfield seats, war criminal, actual war criminal. Uh, that's terrorist defense. Dude, my dad, who's significantly smaller than me, like he was squeezed in there. Like I was I was uh, having a fighting for my life nightmare experience trying to sit in that seat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were they it was built narrow. in 1912. People were just, we were all malnourished back then. It was built for... Uh, Built for a different size of person. Yeah, I got bruises on my hips. It's uh, and they're still there, so it's very uh, swell. Why are you bringing your sex life into this hogdale? <laughs> Imagine. Um, and before we get any further, I do want to give a shout out to the fathers that are out there. They're listening. We are recording on Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to them. Uh, hogdale, of course, is the father of everyone. So happy, for- happy Father's Day, Hogdale. Um, let's get let's get into this series a little bit we we had a three game set against the st louis cardinals who are first place in the national league central and that's still true even after the series which is just goes to show how good they've been this year um what did you guys think about the the matchup between former teammates adam wainwright and michael waka zach what did you think of that I thought it was pretty interesting, um, especially considering the fact that that Waka has been pretty good for you guys, and uh, obviously he hasn't been with the Cardinals for a couple of years now. So um, good for him to see him, you know, back and uh, with a ball club that could use a good, good pitch, good pitcher to eat up innings. Couldn't we all? Um, and uh, I'm sure they're they're buddies outside of outside of work as well. So that was probably pretty pretty fun for them to kind of get a match up there. You know, we have a lot of talk about the like cheating labs, like on this show, and you know, like who has the best cheating lab, like on a just a per player level. Adam Wainwright might have the best individual player cheating lab of anyone because this man is eight hundred years old and is still <laughs> pitching at an elite level. It's like, either him or Verlander. It's got to be. Well, yeah, dude, both of them. It's insane. Uh, like, Verlander can Wainwright? Verlander like, can have Tommy John and come back as a Cy Young the next season. Like it's insane. Yeah, and take he took like two years off during COVID and stuff, and he's back to just dominating. Okay, Adam Wainwright is forty. Yeah. <laughs> what? Do you, what do you mean? Three yeah. oh six ERA? Are you wild? <laughs> I love how many guys in their forties are pitching for the Cardinals between Wainwright and Pujols and Molina. It's uh, you know, it's just showing that there are worse things than getting old. You know, you can still can still make it in the big leagues. Uh, I was happy to get to see Pujols, Matt. I was really happy about that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Now, you mentioned uh, Molina. It is a bit upsetting that Yachty wasn't able to play in this one. That was you know, something that, of course, we all look forward to. And this was uh, his his last trip around the majors as well. Uh, he and Albert Pujols have announced that they're retiring at the end of the season. So for him not to get to play at Fenway one last time is kind of a, a damper on the whole series. For sure. It'll be so cool to see them like get inducted in the same Hall of Fame class. It's gonna be cool. Yeah, I, Zach and I were talking about that before you guys joined the uh, feed. How cool would it be if Wayno, Yachty, and Albert Pujols all retired and then all went into the Hall at the same time? That would be like a must-go to Hall of Fame induction for any Cardinals fan. Yeah, That'd yeah, be wild. That'd be so fucking cool, actually. Like honestly. Yeah, I hope Wainwright pitches a few more years because I think he's a little more borderline on the stats. I would like to see him get in there. And the way he's been playing, I don't see why he wouldn't be able to for another two years, two or three years. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see him come back. I, I think it would be um, kind of poetic to go out with your buddies. But 
I could I could easily see him sticking around and pitching for the Cardinals if they'll have him or with anybody else that'll take him because I, I think you're right. I think he's a guy that could uh depending on the team, he could be middle to back into the rotation. He could eat up innings for you for sure. So yeah. yeah. He's not done yet, I don't think. I mean, poetry is great, but if a team's given me fifteen million dollars, I'm, uh, right. I'm, yeah. you know, that's fine. I don't need to be poetic. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think you might be right. I don't think he would be a first ballot guy right now, anyway. Uh, just taking a glance at his stats, uh, he has fewer than than two hundred career wins, and he has just over two thousand strikeouts in his career. So that's not that's not first ballot material. Yeah, I mean, some of that, he was a reliever for a bit, wasn't he? He was their closer. Yeah, and he was hurt for, oh gosh, two stretch. Or, a two or three year span pretty significantly, and that ate into that as well. But honestly, the, the, the past like three year Adam Wainwright has been some of his best work, which is wild. Yeah, considering um, like, especially how good he was when he was younger at points. I mean, yeah. I don't mean like. Because contributing to winning means something. And like he's a World Series champion. The Cardinals had that very long stretch of time where they were just nothing but successful. Right. So, I mean, like, yeah, he might not be first ball, but I think he's definitely a Hall of Famer, at least in my yeah. eyes. Yeah. I, I think he'll get it eventually, but I don't think he'll be first ballot. Like, Yachty and Pujols should both be first ballot guys. It's hilarious for the people. Like, there are people that think, like, Yachty or Merlin secretly this entire time has actually been not that good. <laughs> like, that he's not a Hall of Famer. That is oh. a wild take. Well, Reds it's like a real him. contingent of people on the yeah. internet. Yeah, Reds fans really do hate them, but I can't imagine there's that many Reds fans out there. It's a, that's a super small market. Yeah, it's, a, it's also people who don't know about like advanced defensive analytics and frame data. Where if you look at that stuff, Yachty is like by far like the the best defensive catcher ever. Yeah, like, by those metrics. Right. So yeah, you know, there's definitely something you know something to be had at his position, you know, for his bat. But I think he more than makes up for that behind the dish where Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun. So winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. I mean, he's that kind of old school type baseball player that's that's nose down and a, a big grinder, and he doesn't take time off unless he absolutely has to. Which, like you guys were talking about earlier, he had to miss this series for knee inflammation, I believe. And I mean, you, I can't imagine what his knees feel like in the morning. Oh my god, um, I'm sure they're shot. And uh, to your point earlier, Ed, about Wayno, he he did spend one full season out of the pen in 2006. He played in 61 games and through 75 innings. But from 2007 until 2022, he's been a starter. I really want to make some kind of a reference to Garrett Whitlock there, but I'm going to refrain from doing that. (laughs) No, go ahead, by all means, because I hope that he follows that same trajectory. Yeah, this is, you know, guys are more valuable. I'm sorry, they're more valuable in the rotation than the pen. I think that we wouldn't be talking about him being a potential Hall of Famer if he stayed in in the bullpen. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. And in this one, the Red Sox, uh, even though Wainwright went six and a third innings, the Red Sox got four of their five runs off of Wayno, or four of their six runs, at, I mean, uh, off of Wayno in this one. So they were able to hit him. They hit him for seven hits. Like I said, four runs. Bats were working. And uh, Waka gave us five and a third, one run ball. That's all you can ask for out of your starters. Did you see the video of like when uh... – they went to take Wayne right out. <laughs> like after he said, that's a mistake. <laughs> like why? That's a mistake. Why are you, but let, let me finish out the inning. They took him out. Well, and, and to that point, 
McFarlane, who came in after him, did not record a single out yep. and gave up three hits and two runs. Yeah. Wayno knew something about that. <laughs> he knew what was cooking. He knew. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely a guy that's not going to, you know, pitch you seven perfect innings. Uh, he He's definitely been hit on and it's, it's more early than, than later. Uh, he kind of figures his stuff out and, and, and figures out what the hitters are, are seeing come out of his hands and stuff. So he gets into the groove at about the third inning and it's not uncommon for him to have two or three runs there early on. And, Sometimes our offense can, you know, back him up, and sometimes they just fall flat, and that just happened to be the case. Yeah, and like uh, Hogdale was saying, it's kind of a shame that you had to watch this series because you got teased with some comebacks twice in this yeah. one, and <laughs> and this game was the first of those because uh, it it was what six to one in the top of the ninth inning, and then yeah. the the Cardinals rallied back to score four runs in the top of the ninth to make it 6-5 as the final. Uh, <laughs> this was the first game of the series that Hauk got in there and got a save. So uh, for those that watched the game today, o- Obi went on, on record saying, and they're calling in the closer, Hauk. So has is it official? Is Tanner Hauk the closer of the 2022 Boston Red Sox? To me, it seems like, yeah. I mean, just based on usage in the last week, I mean, they've used him as a closer. And he's been pretty good in that I role. I couldn't too. be more thrilled. <laughs> Thank fucking God. No more of this piggybacking bullshit. Use him as the closer. He's the best bullpen arm. Use him as the closer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Strong agreement there. He's got four saves, so he's already leading the team in saves. Um, Jesus. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah. Um, I, and I mean, just, you look at the guy I was watching with my dad today who doesn't really, uh, watch that much, uh, baseball on TV. He follows the scores, but doesn't really, uh, just doesn't really like doing it that much anymore. And he was just like, oh yeah, that guy kind of reminds me of that other guy they had, uh, (laughs) Papelbon. And yeah, I kind of, it's a different type of pitcher, but it's the same sort of attitude, the same sort of like the way that like he carries himself is very similar to how Papelbon does, which is was always something that was very impressive about him. He's kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to say. Papelbon had that intimidation factor. Like whenever he would stare in, it looked like he was staring a, a, a hole through your entire body. And that's kind of what Hulk does whenever he looks in. He, he kind of has like this pissed off look about him whenever he's looking in. Gives off like a like Homelander energy if you've seen the boys. <laughs> <laughs> can we just start calling him that homelander that's why he yeah. can't leave the u.s <laughs> yeah that that's is actually perfect, genius oh my that, God. that is perfect for him yeah a, a new nickname was he's a just bit unhinged born. i love it let's go i mean my favorite tanner house story is that he like bought um like he's he I think Bobby Dalbeck paid him like $300 or something like that to swap seats on a flight to Japan and he used the money to buy a samurai sword nice that's genius it, yeah, that's my favorite Tanner Houck story, and I think that that kind of sums him up. Uh. <laughs> Money well spent, for sure. Yeah. Um, moving on to the uh, the Saturday game, the Red Sox lost, so we're not really going to talk about it too much. It kind of sucked. Uh, but but Zach, if you want to if you want to gloat about the eleven to two victory that your Cardinals <laughs> absolutely slapped us around with, uh, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, was was that a bullpen start for you guys or? Was he no. just not? That was uh, Cutter Crawford who who made the start of that one. He is well. The Red Sox right now, Zach, have two starting pitchers on the IL. So Crawford was was kind of called up sure. a week ago to make a spot start, and he did phenomenal. And then he was like, "Okay, we'll give you another start since we need arms." And yeah, so it ended up kind of being a bullpen game, even though he was supposed he's, to start. He's supposed to start, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. I mean, that happens. Um, that happens a lot. Obviously, uh, we just got Jack Flaherty back, so we've had some pitching issues like that as well. And some of the some of the kids from AAA that get called up can can do it, and some just straight up cannot. So sucks. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that was a that was a, a fun game for me to watch. And I, in fact, I turned it off whenever it was just so so high, and it was like the seventh or eighth inning. I was like, I think we'll make it. So I'm gonna. Move on with my life. 
Can I can I just say something that was interesting about this whole series, really, was that I felt like it could have been a sweep either way. Um, and I know that the score was pretty one-sided in the second game, but Dakota Hudson went through this point where he walked he walked in a run, he walked like three or four guys in a row. It seemed he like he just couldn't walk, yeah, yeah, it seemed like he just couldn't find the strike zone. And you know, a bounce goes a slightly different way. You know, the score ends up being completely different. The bullpen situation goes differently. Maybe the Red Sox pull it off. Um, yeah. Obviously, that didn't happen. And the same goes. Uh, the Cardinals had, and we'll get to game three, the Cardinals had two very near comebacks at the uh, the end of the game there. Just a couple pitches just got a little bit differently. Um, right. What's Hudson's deal? Does he? Because he seems like one of these guys that the stat, like the sabermetrics dudes kind of hate, but he always seems to put up pretty good results at the end, at the, at the end of the day. Yeah, he's he's a he's a ground ball pitcher. Um, he he can get a good amount of double plays, um, and I I think he pitches well for the type of defense that the Cardinals have. But like you alluded to already, he he walks a lot of guys. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the deal is with that. I don't know if if maybe if Yachty was behind the dish that that would help or not. But that's been his his kind of mo this year, and he was a guy that the the Cardinals. Um, rotation was really supposed to start leaning to, on because as soon as Jack went down, I mean, there goes your your best pitcher. So everyone kind of has to get bumped up uh, a, a level. And Hudson has games where he can make it through, and he has games where he gets blown up and he, he can't stop the bleeding because of the walks and all that kind of stuff. So he's, he's just kind of hit or miss, and it, it sucks. But he's a talented kid, uh, and if, if he could just throw strikes, I think – he'd be all right, but uh, you know, I'm not in his head, so I don't know. Yeah, to, to your point there, Zach, uh, on this season, he has 39 strikeouts and 32 walks. Yeah. He's like Nolan Glenn style or something. You're, you're either walking or striking out, buddy. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. That's not, not very good. Um, so yeah, that explains a lot about that game and you're absolutely right. Ed, like, one one bounced the other way, and we're talking about a much different ball game there. And uh, you know, it would have been nice to to pull out the sweep. It would have put us up above the Rays instead of only half a game back from the Rays right now. So big difference in the standings as well. Um, Hogdale, I know you were traveling during a lot of these games, but did you have any notes on the uh, Saturday night game that you wanted to bring up? Uh. No, because uh, I tuned in, uh, and then the blowout started, and I'm like, "Fuck this!" Tuned I'm gonna out. Yep. Go enjoy yep. my life. <laughs> right. Yeah. Smart move. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's what we need to do. It's just a, a, a reset on life, real quick. Um, which I mean, not a, not a bad thing to do. I'm, we watch like, I'm going to practice what the uh, like what the Gen Zers call self care for a second, and I'm going to you, go. you know you know simply hit the power off button on the TV. <laughs> The, the one thing I will say about this game is, um, you know, obviously it, it, it was way out of hand, 11 to 2. You know, it was nothing, nothing fun. Alex Cora's bullpen management at the end of this game was fantastic because he let uh, Austin Davis go out there for three innings. Davis had 50 something pitches in this one, which is a career high for him. He's a guy that, that normally only has about 20 to 30 pitches for an outing. So he went out there and he ate up some innings there for us at the end of the game. And that allowed the bullpen to be rested for today's game. And uh, that's a good segue into the Sunday game. See how we did that here. That that's, that's professional podcasting right there. Uh, the Sunday game in which the Red Sox won, the bullpen was well rested. Uh, of course on a Pavetta day, the bullpen really doesn't need to do too much because he's going to go out there and give you seven innings strong every outing. And he did that yet again today. Uh, but it was a little bit of a weird performance because we saw him throw up four walks early. And we thought, uh-oh, Pavetta don't have it today. This is going to get a little bit rocky. He settled in, much like how Zach said Wainwright tends to do. He settled in after about the second or third inning. Ended up getting 10 punchies in this one and went seven strong. Only gave up one run. Typical Pavetta day. Oh, yeah. Man, we're seeing this guy hit his potential like in front of our eyes, and it's a beautiful thing. I mean, we knew he had it in him, like watching the playoffs last year where he just gave heroic after heroic performance, and he's 
after like what I'm literally just giving him a mulligan for the short spring training and him having like a bad first month has just been immaculate. I, by far the best pitcher on the staff right now. It's not even close. Dude's just insanely good. I love Nick Pavetta. Also, he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> the Iowa Enigma and his enigmatic Iowa love, Michael Walker. <laughs> yeah. A, a Canadian. <laughs> Listen, you know, I love maple syrup as much as the next guy. Just saying. Yeah. Oh, you're going to be thrilled for James Paxton, the nickname. Oh, Big Maple? Maple? Yeah, dude, I'm ready. I'm hyped. I'm ready. <laughs> Do you guys remember at the beginning of the year when Pavetta was penciled in as the number two starter and people were saying how terrible of a number two starter he was and Michael Walker was penciled in as number five, maybe number six, and people were yep. like talking about how much of a waste of money the $7 million uh, he's getting for this year was? It's... uh. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty interesting take uh, when you look back at it, huh? Yeah, almost like that guy that's in the uh, the front office that has the the crimson chin knows a thing or two about baseball yeah. and knows what he's doing, huh? Like, listen, like everyone shits on him for like the bullpen right now because it was kind of a clear oversight, but like you can't ignore all the other amazing things he's done like within these last few years, like that Pavetta Seabold deal will forever be one of the biggest Fleeced. highway robberies of like, the last few years. Can I tell uh, you guys, though, I don't hate the bullpen right now. Um, it's not terrible. Certain, yeah, there are certain members of it that have not been great, but you have, um, like, I think the setup situation is actually in pretty, a pretty good place, as well as if Hauk's the closer, you've got Schreiber, you've got Straub, and you've got, uh, I mean, Big Fudge they obviously used for three innings, but he's been pretty effective. And as, as far as a middle guy goes, Tyler Danish got hammered today, but he's been pretty, like, going into the game, he had, like, a three, an ERA around three. So, I don't know. Like, I don't, Brazier, who, Brazier's been, I think he hasn't given up a, he had, like, a three, he has a 3.00 ERA or something like that for the month. Which is kind of wild. Yeah. But you want to know the main reason why the bullpen situation now doesn't seem nearly as dire? Is because they're using their best bullpen arm as the fucking closer, you know, like normal teams do. It's insane. That's a good point. <laughs> I never <laughs> want to see piggybacking again. It I... looks, it's just so obvious. I can't believe it took this long. Now we'll bring us to our uh, our weekly segment for the uh, Ed Hand Trustometer with the, the best graphic, graphic the best graphic in <laughs> the all of best sports. Graphic. Yeah, um, yeah. So we've got our number one graphic here um, of a dead cardinal on my head. That's not for a cardinal season. That's supposed to be a background where it's hat, but it is yeah, a little appropriate. I made that off serious. <laughs> um, That's great. You know, it's tough to do with the top five now because I feel like. I feel like those five guys are kind of they're kind of locked. Yeah, yeah, and they, they're fine. I think that you know, on any given day, Big Fudge can outpitch Strom, or Strom will outpitch Fudge, or Danish will outpitch. Oh God, I'm so hungry now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Danish will outpitch Fudge, but then you've got the t- the the upper four who are just emphatically not trusted um, and have bounced around a little more lately. And the one that's kind of on the top for them at this moment. Um, is I can't oh is Deke is Deekman and the reason for for Deekman being where he is now is because he does have these games where he's unhittable. I think he has the best stuff of those four. You can make a case that he has his stuff itself is in the top three on the team. Mm-hmm. It's just that he's so wildly inconsistent, never knows where the ball's gonna go, walks guys, gives up homers. But you know, I I think he deserves a spot in the bull in the major league bullpen. I'm not of the DFA of them, which I was in the case, in the case of uh, Ryan Brazier for a while. Um, he's actually been pretty solid since they optioned him. And then he came back. I don't know what Paul Abbott, the triple uh, a pitching coach did with him, but he's been peppering the strikes zone. the contact doesn't seem like it's been as hard. He's had a few one, two, three innings. They're not in key situations and hopefully we're never going to see him again with like a one run lead in the eighth inning. But you know, I'm not in the mode of fire him into the sun right now. And then we've got um, Hirokazu Sawamura, who is... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, it continues to be absolutely baffling. Um... <laughs> He'll sometimes have a really great game. He'll sometimes have a really terrible game. Is anybody else seeing the bots that are in uh in the chat right yeah. now? Is that one yeah, the laughter I'm, is from there? <laughs> best. I'm blocking them right now. Um, for those, it reads, uh, oh, wow, there's a bunch of them. It just was yep. reading no whores, real cheap fuck dates. Um, and that was in the side. Uh, anyway, um, so I, you don't need okay. me to talk about uh, about cats. Nice. Uh but uh, then we've got in number nine, who was a guy who I considered to be their strongest setup man for the first month of the season. And that's Hansel Robles just hasn't, uh, he has, ever since he came back, he just, something's looked off with him. I think he's pitching a hurt personally, but uh, he just has not uh, been good or reliable. So he's uh, at the back end of that list right now. Um, any, any thoughts on that for you guys, as far as the rankings go? I got no complaints. Um, the only... I, I got no complaints with the order in which you have it in. And as you guys know, I'm not the uh, the biggest Ryan Brazier fan. Uh, what you said about the AAA uh, pitching coach trying to get it under his head, uh, what, like, hey, we need to do better or whatever, I don't think it had anything at all to do with the <laughs> AAA pitching coach. I think it was Ryan Brazier's wife that got into his head, and she was like, look, I've grown accustomed to a certain standard of living and Triple A just ain't cutting it. <laughs> this ain't it, Chief. Yeah, this ain't so, it. So he, he had to figure it out quick. I'm not riding buses anymore. I don't anymore. know, man. They might have something cooking down there in uh, the Triple A, though, because remember, like, when Kowski had, like, his first start, and it was kind of, like, mid, and then he went back down to Triple A for, like, a day or two, and then he came back, had another start, and the start was fantastic. So I don't know, man. Oh, and he had a great start. Uh, before before he came, he had a start in AAA where he threw a complete game. It was a seven-inning shutout, but complete game in a doubleheader shutout was the International League Pitcher of the Week. Um, I, I mean, I also just happened to like Winkowski, but I think that he looked a lot more confident when he pitched uh, earlier in the week. And I guess we're seeing him pitch tomorrow against the Tigers, so hopefully that'll be another good matchup. The Toygas. The you, guys, like toy you guys guess. think that uh, Michael Walker was a steal for how good he's been? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, it's interesting because you look at what he did last year, um, and he wasn't that great in the first half of the race, but the second half, I forget what – there was. I think it was a cut fastball or something, but he stopped throwing it as much as his ERA after he yeah. stopped doing it for the season. It was like 3.24. Um and I'm starting to think that these guys that get signed early that you don't expect to necessarily get a major league contract, maybe the GMs know something because we're seeing that with Waka. And then Andrew Heaney had another uh, start today for the Dodgers. Um, and he, before he got hurt, looked really good too. Um, you know, starting to think maybe we should trust these guys a little bit and uh, maybe they know what they're doing when they uh, throw money at guys that you're surprised they're throwing money at. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've loved uh, Waka this year. I mean, considering they brought him in, like, what people assumed was going to be like a fourth or fifth option as a starter to eat innings. And like, he's just been just consistently really, really good for most of the year. He's had like only like one or two really bad starts. Yeah. I mean, you're pretty much all you could ask of him and more. Uh, I mean, I love having him walk on the team. Yeah. He, he's been really impressive. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no big deal at all. I was just going to say, you know, and he represents the state of Iowa, the greatest state on the you know, the United <laughs> States of America, which I appreciate. I, <laughs> I always say this, my grandparents know his grandparents. So that's how I got a program from the 2013 world series. <laughs> small, small state. Well, it's a big state, but there's not many people here, you know. Now, as, right. as a Cardinals fan, um, did you expect to see Waka have a rebound this year? I honestly didn't know what to think of him. Um, I, I, uh, I I knew he had potential. You know, he he kind of grew up in the 2010 2015 ish era, and um, he was good. Um, but something something happened with him where he he just started getting you know damage a, a, a lot and Cardinals parted ways with him. And I don't, I'm not even sure where he ended up. 
before he was signed by you guys. But yeah, I, I, I heard about the signing and I thought, uh, I mean, maybe, maybe he can do something, but I definitely didn't think that he would be as successful as he has been. Uh, he, he bounced around quite a bit after he left St. Louis. He went to the Mets in 2020. Then he was with the Rays in 2021, who we talk about cheat labs. That's a cheat lab. <laughs> and then he came up to Boston in 2022. So maybe it was the Tampa Bay cheat lab that kind of fixed him. You know, b- before this year, uh, obviously Tampa Bay had the best cheating lab in the game. But I honestly think the Yankees have surpassed them. Their cheating lab this last year has been extraordinary. It's been mm. Insane. You turn Clay Holmes, Wandy Peralta, and Michael King, all three of them in one offseason, into elite relievers. Like, that's that's an S-tier cheating lab, dude. Like, I don't even know what the fuck's cooking down there. Like, it's insane. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're cheating so good this season that they could play 500 ball for the rest of the season and still win the AL East. There are 33 games over 500. What the fuck? Absolute insanity. Like yeah. it's like a, literally a 2018 Red Sox esque run right now, and I can't yeah, wait to them fail in the playoffs. It's gonna be great. I had I had so much fun in 2018 watching the Red Sox, not having as much fun in 2022 watching the Yankees do it. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Good take. It, it, it was an absolute blast uh, whenever whenever we were doing it, but oh well, it is the what it is. The only solace we'll get is uh, Judge is going to get $350 million. so it's, you know, and they should have paid him before the season, and they offered him $210 million over seven years, you fucking clowns. <laughs> oh, imagine. It, it will cost them to keep that guy, and uh, I, I – I kind of want him to go somewhere else just so New York can burn down. Yeah. Because you know as soon as he doesn't come back to New York that that city is going to go up in flames. I'm saying, you know, uh, Judgey, come home. You know, be a good Red Sox. You know, we've seen the picture. We've seen you wear the hat. We know you're a fan. Come crush Yankee dreams with us. Join the, the white side. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a uh, uh, the counterpoint here, which is that you know that that contract is going to be an albatross on whoever signs him. That's going to be a lot of money Maybe? for a guy that historically hasn't stayed that healthy. I'm sorry. He's having a career year at the right time right now. But you – I mean, look at Mookie Betts that uh, just went down with like a rib injury, you know? Like uh, – and he oh. is not half the injury risk that Aaron Judge is. And he's also True. still younger, I believe, than Aaron Judge. <laughs> True, but at the and, same time, if stays the same track, this would be Judge's third straight year where he stays healthy. So, I mean, how injury prone is he? <laughs> like well, he's a as he gets older, big man. As he gets older, you're gonna, we're gonna but see that's that. The, like we're in an era now where like you know longevity really is becoming less and less of like an issue. Like especially oh. like your guy like him who has that pure power. Like you know he can't play defense level he will is now like as he gets older obviously but like even judges like a dh the value that he'll bring like i don't know i feel like i think the yankees would make a gigantic mistake by not paying him by saying like we can't deal with those last few years of the contract <laughs> oh i mean it's definitely a tr- uh, tricky thing i just haven't really seen a lot of those later in life long-term contracts work out i mean it's right hasn't been able to stay healthy robinson cano never stayed healthy in his um that's Miggy, you know, is good. Yeah, Miggy. The, the end of those contracts is always. I mean, look at the Tigers right now. They the only older bit. player mega tra- contract that's ever paid off is Max Scherzer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is funny. Yeah, I'm just thinking of more Pujols didn't exactly uh, hasn't exactly mm-hmm. done a ton there. Bryce Harper's too early. It is that's so far he's been really good. But wait, because it's 13 years. He yeah. 13 years. But like, I mean, assuming that he keeps up his level of hitting for even the next five or six, that contract will age perfectly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I mean, there's not a. I think that there's obviously going to be somewhere to hit. It's just that long. I just, I don't like the idea of giving that to anybody, and I want them to bring back Rafi Devers uh, under any circumstance. But at the same Dude, time, they give Rafi literally that. a 15 year deal, and I'd be okay with it. I, he's 25, and he's he's going to age great. And he's so likable. He just seems like, like, yeah. like just, just shut up and take John Henry's money. It's fine. And there's literally zero reason not to pay Raffy. Like, I mean, genuinely. He's at the perfect age to get paid, like, to get that mega contract. Like, if you're going to give it to anyone, you give it to him. Yeah. Do, do you guys think that the recent 
trend in baseball to to give big extensions before they before players even hit arbitration has kind of like been the reason why a lot of Red Sox fans are pushing so hard to get him extended now. You know, back 15 years ago, most of the time guys would get to their free agents, then they would be like, "Okay, I'll come back to the team. I'll come back to the team." But nowadays it seems like the the trend is to want to give these guys the big contract early. Uh I'm thinking of guys like Wander Franco, uh Tatis, uh guys like that that got these massive extensions years before they were even arbitration eligible. Yeah, that's um I mean the, the trouble there when comparing that to Rafi is that they that started a little bit after he had already been in the uh in the league sure. for a bit. So it's a little late like we're not some of that is just cutting through his arbitration year, so they're able because he'd be making less than I think they're able on the long term deal to offer him a little less. Um, yeah, I'm really not. I think that that's definitely a part of it, and I think some of it is also Bloom planning ahead for some of the other guys that are coming through the system, like in the vein of Marcelo Meyer or uh, or Tristan Cassis, where you will see we could see them getting a very long term extension before they ever actually uh, hit arbitration. Yeah, if they if they're successful, obviously. Yeah, because like those really are the move, and that that's pretty much the league adjusting because they don't pay old players now, and you, because you know the GMs finally after years of signing shitty, shitty, horrific long term, this guy just turned thirty. We're giving him twelve years at three hundred million contracts. They're like, actually, this is a bad idea. So we're gonna put the money into our young players to make sure they're here forever while they're actually good instead of paying for their declining years. So it's nice. That's one of the pros of uh, GM smartening up. Even though the first wave of like those contracts to super young guys, uh, those guys got fucked over something fierce. Like that Acuna contract, that Albies contract. Oh my God, the Braves. Like the highway robbery for those contracts, dude. Holy shit. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I said it whenever the Acuna deal was signed is that dude could have signed for a lot more money and the Braves got away with highway robbery signing him for, for that amount. But it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Uh, I do think that ultimately the Red Sox will bring back Rafi Devers, especially after this season that he's having right now. You can't afford to not have this guy on your roster uh, going forward. Um, with that being said, you know, we are approaching the trade deadline here in about a month, month and a half or so. And what pieces do you think that the Red Sox would be out there trying to to get at this year's trade deadline? I mean, I know the the I guess the easy answer is to say arms. We all want to want to add new arms specifically in the bullpen, but what are you willing to give up to get them? I mean, you know, Bobby Dalbeck and Jaron Duran for Mike Trout seems kind of reasonable. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that sounds yeah, fair. Right? I agree. <laughs> Mike Mike Trout, the pitcher, right? If you're really, oh, yeah. Str- yeah. you know, if you're really strong, army, we could we, we'll throw Jeter Downs in it. But you know, yeah, you Matt know, Barnes too. What the hell? You know, Dalbeck and Duran should get it done. Um, real talk. I think that they need to look at. And I'm sure they're doing this, looking at setup men um, on teams that are falling out of contention. I actually think there's a guy on the Mariners that I like, uh, Paul Seawald. He's the one he that did. Raffy hit that accidental opposite field home run off of. Yeah. He's a he really nice good. right-handed arm. Good slider. Mets didn't use him right when he was with their system, but he's um, he's somebody that I would like to see them maybe pursue. Somebody of that mold, though, just like a good setup man who could potentially close if they need him to. Um. Somebody like Ian Kennedy, maybe on the Diamondbacks, uh, could work. Um, obviously, David Bednar is my dream, but I don't think that uh, they that he's going to cost them somebody in the top ten for prospects, and I just can't see Bloom doing that. I think the real take is uh, that we need to bring Daniel Bard home, and I've had enough <laughs> of any of these other discussions. It's time to bring Daniel Bard home. He's going to be an All Star, <laughs> is I he? Think. He's been really good for the Rockies this year. Look it up. I will 100%. I know he's had a good year. Hang on, so, I'm like, looking it up right now. Um, like, other than, like, the obvious, like, get a bullpen arm, which, yeah, that they should get a bullpen arm. Uh, other than that, I think the Red Sox are going to be looking for either a 
first baseman or a right fielder that or a platoon guy that could do that who could actually hit at least a little bit. Because, you know, while JPJ is having a pretty good year considering what we were expecting, which was absolutely nothing but good defense, and for some reason he's a god at home right now. <laughs> I mean, you don't you don't expect that consistently, but like I wouldn't advise like spending good capital on that because if you look at like Franchi's underlying numbers, how he's hitting right now, like <laughs> the 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 red on his savant page is eye popping. Like he's getting really unlucky right now. Like based on like his underlying numbers, he should be hitting way, way better. And he plays good defense. So I mean like maybe just ride out with Franchi and see where it goes there. But yeah, i I think uh, definitely bullpen help and then maybe a person who can play right field or first base who can actually hit a baseball. Oh, you're not you know? kidding about Daniel Bard. He's uh Yep. Age 37 season this year, a little little age on him, but he's got a sub two ERA and he has 35 strikeouts in 27 and a third innings of work. Not yep. too shabby, Mr. Bard. Yep, a uh, sub one whip. Uh, he's leading the Rockies in saves with 14. You know, it's just he's been. It, it's amazing what happens when you throw a fastball like that with movement. If uh, he's figured out the mental stuff and it's just really uh it's it's just awesome seeing him uh do what he's done seeing a king thrive we love it yeah yeah exactly that's a good way of putting it um yeah you know the right-handed bat you know it's been really kind of cool in the last week since rob ref snyder came up he's been doing um you know i don't expect him to keep it up for the full season or anything like that he's i think good. uh He's hitting though. He's hitting. They're leading him off yeah. against lefties. He's hitting. He's playing He's good defense. Yeah. I, th- those yeah. highlight uh, catches too. Like, oh my god. <laughs> he he, big hit today. Um, you know, we we were talking about the game a little bit. He had a big one earlier in this game. Uh, I think it was the fifth inning that he he had a hit that put us up two to one. Uh, or, or was it the seventh inning that put us up three to one? Yeah, regardless, he had a big hit. He uh, put us up. Clutch moment, hitting with runners in scoring position. That's what we've been harping for a long time over here is being responsible. And he finally, finally came in at the right time. Vasquez had a great game uh, for that as well. Of the year. Love it. Love it. We're getting let's, that much closer to breaking 10. Let's the, break the Vasquez 10. bounce back has been great this year. 100%. He hasn't gotten enough credit for like how much slander he got last year. By me included. Like I was slandering the shit out of Vasquez last year, but you know, he's been great this year. I mean, his defense is back up to snuff. He can actually throw people out again. I mean, he's hitting decent. But not nothing not to love about Vasquez right now. Yeah, he's absolutely balling. Love to see it. And it, it couldn't couldn't be at a better time for me because I had to pick him up on my fantasy team because my <laughs> other catcher went on the IL. So I was like, well, Vasquez is out there. I'll grab him. At least he might give me a hit or two every now and then. Right. Dude, imagine all, of a, sudden, all of a sudden he's a slugging catcher. Love it. Right. Oh, yeah, he's been reliable. He's been real reliable. Um, it's going to be – I'm wondering what happens next year with Vasquez is going to be a free agent. I – have a, I don't think they're going to bring back Lewacki with Connor Wong basically looking like he's ready to play at the big league level. And honestly, he can actually run, so he's a little more useful than Lewacki is just as a bench player. Um, but I wonder if they're going to bring back Vazquez or if they're going to find um, somebody else. They're going to sign a free agent or maybe make a trade for somebody. Especially like well, now that he's hitting again and everything. I feel like I, I've kind of seen into the future on this one, Ed, because uh, playing MLB The Show 2022 <laughs> and coming through the Red Sox farm system as a catcher, knowing that that's going to be a need in the in the future, uh, I can tell you that the Red Sox do not re-sign Christian Vasquez. They do not re-sign Kevin Pulwecki. Connor Wong will be the starting catcher for the the. <laughs> The starting the, catcher uh, the, uh, on the MLB roster. I don't know if they're going to go out there and grab somebody else because in, in my game, I got promoted to the show and uh, you know, it kind of, kind of messes with the algorithm a little bit because I'm, I'm pretty decent on the sticks. Are you a catcher? <laughs> yeah. I made myself a catcher for that <laughs> reason, because I know that I would be able to progress to the show quickly because 
Why not, right? Nice. Hey, you got to spam the game somehow. Vasquez, though, like, from based on any comment he's ever made, he just seems kind of like a Red Sox lifer. If, like, if they want to keep him around, I think he'll stay around. And, like, I'm looking forward to, like, Polecki being shoved out the back door in favor of Wong because uh, Connor Wong actually could play uh, – can actually throw dudes out, which is something that uh, Kevin Polecki is physically incapable of doing. Kevin Flecky throws a ball like to second base, like he has had four torn rotator cuffs, like within his career. Like it, it's his shoulders, like hold together by pieces of pasta, like that are like not cooked. <laughs> so it's just like it just snaps. Fun way of calling him a noodle arm. Yeah, not good. Not good. Uh, what is what what is good is the fact that the Red Sox beat a first place team to win yet again another series. Gotta love that. And then moving on, we have another series against a very beatable opponent in the Detroit Tigers before we start on a pretty tough stretch of games. Uh, so will one of you guys pull up the uh, pitching matchups for the Detroit series? Sure can. And we'll, we'll discuss about that a little bit. And, uh, yeah, so with Detroit, I believe it's coming to town. I believe they're coming to Fenway this time because we played in Detroit back in April when the Red Sox were sucking it up. And uh, that was not a very fun series. But this time I think that it'll have a much different outcome. Can I just say, like, the Red Sox have played so well, like, over this past, like, month and a half and two months. And uh, it, it's good. Like they're only a half game back of the Rays now, and they're only two and a half back mm-hmm. of the Blue Jays. And you know, <laughs> in that time, we're still now thirteen and a half back of the Yankees. It's it's been unreal because the Red Sox have been playing fantastic baseball since the you know the end of May, beginning of June, Insane. and and they haven't really gained any ground at all because the the yankees have just been chugging along doing the same exact thing yeah it's ridiculous all right here we go i got i got the probable pitchers up game one we got josh winkowski on the bump against alex uh fido fido Fido? yeah fido i think who's got a Mm. one and three record four two eight era 33 strikeouts uh, pretty much Sox dominating a uh, kiddo. Uh, no one cares about Josh Frito lay. Uh, he stinks. Uh, Sox day rolling. Let's go. Okay. Hopefully uh, Trevor Story's home run today will spark another 20 game hot streak where he's hitting a home run every other at bat. And uh, we have him as another American league player of the month for the month <laughs> of June. That'd be pretty fantastic. Uh, Ed, what do you think in this one? Uh, for that game one against Fido, uh, yeah, I think Winkowski just looked so decent in that last start. I think uh, I think he's going to keep rolling. Um, they're batting yeah, Robbie hopefully. Grossman clean up recently. Uh, tells <laughs> you the state of, oh, and no. I like Grossman. I That's like rough. Grossman, but that tells you the state of their batting order right now. There, do the Tigers going to do five? Such a disappointment. Like this is supposed yeah. to be the year that like they finally like break free of the shackles of the rebuild. And like take that first step towards being good, and like you know by being competitive, and it's serious, just... man. Like this yeah. is the problem when you have like a five year teardown rebuild. What if uh, you did it wrong? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Ask the Pittsburgh Pirates of the of the nineties. Yeah, like what it... if you simply just didn't rebuild correctly, and now you have to do it again? <laughs> so now, like, you're gonna start another five year teardown? Are you sure? <laughs> I'm just so glad that when Dombrowski left the Red Sox, or you know, left the Red Sox whenever he was let go from the Red Sox. Uh, we weren't left in shambles like the Detroit Tigers have been. And it, you know, Brad mentioned in the comments just now the Erod situation. Erod's not yeah. not playing for them anymore. So, I mean, that's that's kind of hard because that's a guy that they went out they they tried to bring in that was going to be a big piece for them, and now that's not even there. So that sucks for them. I mean, all of their pitchers seem to have gone down. I think I haven't seen. I know Casey Mize, who was a number one pick in the country somewhat recently, he had Tommy John. Uh, I don't know if Matt Manning had Tommy John, but he hasn't been around in a while, I feel like. Um, 
they just don't really have anybody. I was actually in AAA watching like the uh, the Mud Hens for the team the Woo Sox were playing this weekend. Just like everybody, first of all, their bullpen kind of sucks, but everybody yeah. in that bullpen has a real shot at making it to the majors, and that's a little scary. Mm. Um, but friend of the show, Ryan Lavardway is on the Mud Hens, so maybe uh, he'll be able to use that uh, that bad season to get another call up to the big leagues. You know, hey, hopefully, let's man. go, let's hopefully go. For him. What about game two, Hogdale? Game two, we got uh, Dick Mountain, the you know, the legend of Dick Mountain. You know, four four two ERA right now, forty four strikeouts against Bo Brisky, who is one and five with a three seven nine ERA and thirty seven strikeouts. How do you spell Brisky? Because that name's awesome, Bo Brisky. That's it's like Brisky or Brisque, uh, one of the two. It's B R I E S K E. That sounds like the main character in like a Boogie Nights fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, kind of does. We got Dirk <laughs> Diggler and Bo Brisky. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Man, if, Sox, if, if, you know, if this yeah. was a Tigers podcast, I think that would be the next graphic that we came out with. <laughs> Brisky and Diggler. The Sox and then game, he, were- are, are going to yeah. continue to beat down on these little Caesars merchants. Uh, <laughs> you know, eight nothing win. You may have out pizza the hut. Couldn't out pizza the socks. Go fuck yourself, buddy. Uh, losing another one. Go socks. <laughs> How many innings does uh, Rich Hill go in this one? A uh, strong five and a third. Five and a third. With, that that sounds earned. about right. Yeah, that's I mean, that's that's realistic. I think that's and if that's what you're getting out of Rich Hill, which seems to be kind of on on par for what we get out of him, I'll take it. The Sox are going to lead uh, eight to two at that point, And it's going to be like a, a Sawamura Brazier kind of game after that. OK, so that that leaves me feeling a little bit more uh, apprehensive. But um, <laughs> Ed, what do you think? Listen, I I don't like picking the Sox as like, yeah, we're going to kick everyone's ass, but just looking at these pitching matchups and the lineup that the Tigers have right now, it's kind it's of hard to up. bet against the uh, – yeah, I'm going to say Red Sox on that. I think he'll uh, – I, I think he'll goes five and a third, gives up three earned runs. And Brad's ch- uh, chiming in over here saying he's going four and two-thirds. So he's he's uh, not feeling the, uh, the Rich Hill – matchup in that one or at least for him going deep oh uh brad brad no, said he's no, going for i think you mean dick mountain oh uh, yeah <laughs> yeah <Sure. laughs> i've never met this man in my life rich hill imagine rich hill uh, yeah how dare i use his his government name all right so game three potential pitchers duel here with uh the only tigers pitcher who has lived up to expectations and exceeded them in tariq scoobal Who's five and four with a three one three ERA, seventy nine strikeouts against you know Iowa's own legend Michael Waka, who's five and one with a two two eight ERA and forty one strikeouts. Scruble with seventy nine Ks on the season is is pretty good. Yeah, having a good year for a terrible Tigers team. Yeah, yeah is that th- a day this, game? Or a, oh, sorry. That uh, he's a, he's the type of guy that will most likely be uh, getting some kind of kicking the tires at the trade deadline yeah night game and night game. yeah he's he's having what we call like you know a typical oakland days starter season where you're trying to play yourself out of the fucking dumpster fire and shit stadium that you live in so i get it you know i'm not sure <laughs> he's a young guy though, Andy. yeah just hold yeah. On to him. yeah he's like a pretty he was like a top prospect for them um like a little bit lost in the matting and Mize uh, there, but I think I don't know if they're gonna if the, if they trade him, it's gonna be for a lot, especially like yes. his age. I don't think he's arbitration eligible yet. I, I'm about to pull up uh, twenty five. I'm about to pull up his player profile. I just want you guys to take a look at his player picture because he looks like an absolute madman. <laughs> Oh look yeah! At, look oh, at that no. mug. That man is like for murder in seven different states. He has one eyebrow that naturally does the <laughs> rocks people's eyebrow. That's oh god! Yes. I would love for him to be, and that's such a cool name too, Tariq Skubal. That's such a badass name. That is, yeah. 
25 years old. Um, yeah, this is only his third season in the bigs, so he's got he's got quite a bit left on that rookie deal. Yeah, it, he would cost a lot to move at the trade deadline, but sadly for him, getting waxed five uh, earned in four innings, calling it now. Uh, Sox win yet again, Bucko. So we got a Sox sweep from the man at the bottom of the screen. Ed, what do you have? Oh gosh, that's uh, he's real good. He really is. Yes, yeah. um, and I could see. I can see the Red Sox struggling against him, but Waka's also been real good. And I don't know. I just have a, I have a sweet feeling here. Here, I think this one could go either way, but I'm going to say 4-3 Red Sox. They rally off the, bull, the Tigers' bullpen. All I'm saying is okay. like Raphael Devers is trying to make everyone his son this year. That's all I'm saying. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm also going sweep. Brad's chiming in with a sweep. Uh, it's a night game, day off the next day. Let it all hang out. You don't really have to worry about the bullpen, you know, leaving to go on a long Here, road trip uh, after that. I, I have a sound effect. This is Raphael Devers uh, plopping his dick on the table. Oh, that sounded painful. Is he okay? I don't, I don't even know how you, you recorded that. I I don't know. Yeah. No, that was just hog, that was just Hogdale low-key humble bragging about his own dog. He does this <laughs> once a week. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> we get it, well, Hungdale. We get it. <laughs> oh my god! So, let us know in the comments what you guys think in this uh, Detroit series, and we will be back to cover it. Um, I'm guessing it'll be on what Wednesday, Thursday, something like that. Whenever Brad and the gang are on here talking about that series, the so lads. It'll be it'll be a good one. Uh, we'll we're pulling for the Red Sox, of course, and uh, Detroit's a very beatable team. All we need to do is just keep winning these series. That's the most important thing. Two out of three ain't bad. We'll take it. We'll take a sweep. Let's go. Let's just keep winning these series, and we'll be in the playoffs where if you keep winning series, you hoist a trophy at the end. So so I've been told. Am I right? I've read about this in books. Yes, that is something Winning get. those series are, are the most important ones. You guys have anything else you want to add? Uh, go Sox, kid. Go Sox, kid. All right, thanks so much for watching. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, uh, buy a shirt, do all the good stuff that we tell you to do each and every week, and tune back in, and we'll see you guys later. Peace. Thanks for watching. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Pesky Report. Make sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 